It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, Now these things happened to them, them is referring to the children of Israel, as an example. And they were written for our admonition, unto whom the ends of the ages have come. This, in this verse, the Apostle Paul mentioned this principle, that everything that happened in the history of Israel is actually a prefigure for the New Testament church. The things that happened to them, those are not just allegories. Those are not just stories. They really happened. That was, those are not fables. They really happened. There was such a person as Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And then Jacob was renamed by God as Israel. And he had the 12 sons. They became the 12 tribes. And the, really, the whole Old Testament is just the story of this family, of Abraham, who became the children of Israel. And then this verse, actually this chapter in 1 Corinthians 10 says that whatever happened to them actually happened to them as an example for us. And Bible students generally take this for only some specific types, such as the Passover. The Passover in Exodus 12 it says clearly in chapter 5 of 1 Corinthians that Christ is our Passover. And that he is the Lamb. Well, in John, in John it was proclaimed by, in the, in, in the book of John, it was proclaimed by John the Baptist, or the baptizer, Behold the Lamb of God! So very clearly, he is the fulfillment, the reality of that type. Then the crossing of the Red Sea. Actually, many believers know that this is our baptism. And it, this is mentioned in this chapter, 1 Corinthians 10. It says that we were, they were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Then it says also in this chapter that they had the bread and they had the water from the rock. Actually, an amazing verse here says, and the rock was Christ. It doesn't even say it was a type of Christ. I don't understand that. I just say, amen. And the rock was Christ. So in that picture in the Old Testament, when they came out of uh, Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea, and in Exodus uh, uh, 16, they get the bread from heaven. And, and Jesus said, I am the true bread that came down in John 6, right? And then the Lord said, you need to drink him, right? We need to drink him. And so, so these types are, are from the Old Testament story, and they relate to us. But actually, we should not limit our application of the Old Testament to just these few things. Actually, the, 
It says here very clearly, all the things that happened to them were what? An example. And they were written for our admonition. Unto whom the ends of the ages have come. And that, saints, that's us. That's us today. So everything of the Old Testament, if you look at it in a proper way, applies to us today. And so we saw this in our first couple of meetings, that uh, this matter of the priesthood and the consecration of the priests, that applies to us. And we saw this morning this matter of the lessons of the priesthood to serve in God's way with the fire. That applies to us. Of course, in the New Testament, it does say, it repeats this Old Testament uh, verse, our God is a consuming fire. But now tonight we come to this matter of the Jubilee. You know, uh, in this, there's a section in Leviticus that talks about the feasts, all the feasts. You know, it's, it's very uh, striking, it's very striking that God put some ordinances in uh, for his people. He put ordinances for them to have a good time. What kind of God do we have? God ordained that his people should have feasts. You know, if you have feasting, you have enjoyment. You have rejoicing. You have rejoicing. God wants his people to be a joyful people. What kind of God is this? You know, all the idols and the different religions, you don't have the sense that those so-called gods want their worshipers to be joyful. But our God wants all his worshipers to be joyful. (laughs) You know, there's a verse that says, right, in Psalms, Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. (laughs) So I ask you tonight, are you happy? And I might ask you, how happy are you? God wants you to be really happy. But happy in him and with him. So there are feasts that are presented, and we're not getting into the details of that. But there is this one particular year-long feast called the Jubilee. The Jubilee. You know, this word Jubilee in Hebrew is the word Yobel. There was a sister among us who grew up here, I think many of you remember her, named Yobel. She's pretty happy. She's a pretty happy sister. I've known her since she was, you know, very young. Oh, Jubilee. Tonight we're going to study Jubilee. Saints, we all need to experience Jubilee. It is God's desire. It is God's desire that we all experience the Jubilee. Now, what was this? What was this? As we read in those verses in Leviticus... Every 50th year, every 50th year, they celebrated Jubilee. This was a time that is 
marked by, it's marked by something related to the land. The land. You have to see that the land, the land was really everything to the children of Israel. The land. And so when they conquered the land, right, they took the land, eventually not through Moses, but through Joshua, right? Joshua fought the battles and they took the land. Then, under the Lord's direction, they distributed the land tribe by tribe. And then within each tribe, land was distributed to every family. And then within every family, to every household. Right? So every, uh, every family, every household had their portion of the land. And it alludes to this in Colossians. In Colossians, it says, giving thanks to the Father. Right? Giving thanks to the Father. Who what? Qualified us. Saints, tonight you are qualified for an allotted portion of the saints in the light. Do you know when you got regenerated, when you got saved, you were qualified for an allotted portion of the land. Just like in the Old Testament, every family got land. There was not one poor person among the children of Israel. Everyone had a share of the land. How about, how about we all say together, I am qualified for a share of Christ. Amen? I am qualified for a share of Christ. We're qualified. We didn't do anything. We just give thanks to the Father. He qualified us. We have an allotted portion. Every one of us, every believer has a share in the allotted portion. However, the story in, with the children of Israel, it seems like the Lord foreknew what would happen because he made this provision. Because, because the allotment hadn't taken place yet in Leviticus. But he foreknew what? That some of his people would be lazy. Some of his people would not be faithful. And they would lose their possession. They would give up their possession. They would sell their possession. Even, he knew, some, after selling their possession, would be so poor that they had to sell themselves into slavery. But every 50th year... Reset. There's like a reset button. Everybody gets their land back. Can you imagine if you were such a lazy person and there was five years to go to the Jubilee? How would you feel? I think you'd start feeling a little encouraged. I think you would say, I think this next time I shouldn't be so lazy. Five years to go. And then what? Four years to go. And then what? One year to go. And then what? One month to go. And then 
Oh, 17 days. You, wouldn't you be counting down? And then on that day, on that day, what? You know what they did? They blew a trumpet. Well, I don't know how it sounded. There was a trumpet. You know, jubilee means the sounding of the trumpet. But it could also mean shouting. Don't you think they were shouting that day? When the, when the trumpet sounded, when the trumpet sounded, imagine you were one of those. You didn't, you didn't have your land. You were like itching to get back on your land. And they, they blow, you're waiting for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. You would say, hallelujah! And, and you could go back to your land. and You didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to pay for it. You don't have to work for it. You just return. You repossess. It's all yours again. And not only that, mm, I was your slave for 20 years. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. I'm not a slave. I'm free. Freedom. I don't know if they had the song Glorious Freedom. I don't think so. But if they did, I think they'd sing that song. Glorious Freedom. On my, on my land, I have my land again. And I have my freedom. And not only that, I'm back with my family. Amen. Can you imagine losing your family? Having to scatter your family? No land. No family. No freedom. I'm going to read this again. Now these things happened to them as an example. And they were written for our what? admonition. One thing is an example. An admonition is something different. An admonition is a warning. It's one thing to have an example. There's an example. But saints, we need more than example. We need an admonition. Don't repeat that history. Don't repeat that history. Which means what? It is possible well, let me, let, me, let me say this way, sorry. It is not possible for us to lose our Christ. Once we have Christ, we're always in Christ. There are many verses we could, we could bring to show that. We never lose Christ. We're always in Christ. But in our experience, we could lose our enjoyment of Christ. And so, <clears throat> I told you in chapter 1 of Colossians, Paul says we're qualified for an, a share of the allotted portion. But in chapter 2, do you know what Paul says? Let no one defraud you of your prize. Don't let anyone defraud you of your prize. Dear saints, it's possible that we get defrauded. That we lose our prize. We lose our enjoyment of that land that is ours. So we can learn something from the Jubilee. We can learn something even from those lazy ones. We can receive an admonition. Oh, don't sell yourself. Don't sell yourself. And if you have, and it's possible that some of us are sitting here, and actually we have to confess, we don't have that much enjoyment. But you know what? You know what? The New Testament age, the whole age is an age of jubilee. <laughs> Which means that tonight, Amen. the trumpet is still sounding. Amen. Tonight, 
You can return. We all can return to our land and to our family. You know, this is, on one hand, this is the gospel. Every human being was created as a vessel to contain God. God should be our possession. But we lost our possession through the fall. You know, we have a hymn that we sing, usually at the Lord's table, hymn 223, that mentions this. This portion. In this portion, we have God, whom we lost through Adam's fall. Oh, I tell you, tomorrow will we celebrate the Lord's table here? 9.30, is it? 9.30? Actually, the Lord's table is a jubilee. At the Lord's table, we can all testify. In this portion, we have God, whom I lost. I had lost through Adam's fall. In our redemption, we got jubilee. We were able to return to our portion. Return to the God whom we lost. So, saints, this is a gospel. Actually, this is really a gospel message tonight. You can return to God. You can be free. You might say, I didn't know I was bound. Just wait, we'll show you. We're bound by many things. We're bound by sin. We're bound by desires. We're bound by lust. But we can be freed. And we can return to our family. To the church. The church is God's family. So on one hand, this is gospel. On the other hand, saints, we need this. There are many. And I would say, to some extent, all of us, sooner or later, to some degree, we lose the enjoyment of our inheritance. But there are many who have been with us, who are no longer with us. I'm so burdened for them tonight. So burdened that we would, that we would be burdened as priests, as we said last night. To remember not just the ones in this room. To remember not just the ones that will come tomorrow morning. Remember all the ones that at one time or another had been with us. Many of them have sold themselves. Many of them are in slavery. They need jubilee. They need us to go to them and proclaim jubilee so that they can come home to their land, to the enjoyment, to their family. They need to know that the church is their family. We're not here as judges. If they come home, they won't find judges. If they come home, they'll just find family waiting for them, watching them like the father to the prodigal son, longing for the day when that one would return. In June, we had a gathering of the whole church in New York City, 
we called it our semi-annual celebra celebration. Because now we have eight meeting halls in the church there. So we don't see each other too much. So we called the whole church together. It was a joyous time. But I tell you, the greatest joy was that in the congregation, especially after the meeting, quite a number, second and third generation, whom we had not seen for five years, eight years, and they came to this special time. Just their being there. They don't have to say anything. They don't have to say anything. Just seeing them, our heart is just full of joy. Saints, I think all of us can think of someone. Some of us, especially those who have served the young people, those who have served the children, you've seen them go through your hands. You were children's meeting teachers. Now you're grandmas. And you saw those children grow up. You saw them so happy in the children's meeting. You saw them get saved, how happy they were at their baptism. You saw them as young people. But when you look today, they're not here. Oh, when they walk in the door, doesn't your heart leap? Amen. They need jubilee. Amen. Oh, I hope, I hope we can get something tonight, firstly for ourselves. And then we would be burdened to spread the message of jubilee to these ones Amen. who need to return, return to their land and return to the family. Let's come to the, to the outline. Number one says, the year of Jubilee in Leviticus 25, 8 through 17, is recorded as a prophecy in Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. We just read those verses. And is fulfilled in reality in Luke 4. We didn't read those verses. I'd like to read those verses to you. Luke 4, 16 says, And he, the Lord Jesus, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And according to his custom, he entered on the Sabbath day into the synagogue and stood up to read. No one in the audience could have imagined what was coming next. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. He purposely turned to these verses in Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Amen. This is a quotation of Isaiah 61. Because he has anointed me to announce the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind. To send away and release those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The year of Jubilee. And when he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant, he sat down. And the eyes of all in the congregation were fixed on him. Can you imagine the Lord Jesus in our midst reading this? The Spirit of Jehovah is upon me. And then they're all looking at him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture... Is, has been fulfilled in your hearing. Wow! Amen. 
Really wow. This was prophesied. And now the Lord comes to what? Proclaim release to the captives. I said, I just did what the verse said. <laughs> to you. I just, I just proclaimed release to you. That's what he, he was saying. Really, wow. And all bore witness to him and marveled at the words of grace proceeding out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? <laughs> they didn't get it. I hope we would get it tonight. Amen. Point A. In the year of Jubilee, there were two main blessings. The returning of every man to his lost possession and the liberation from slavery. We will see this word a few times here. Returning. Returning. Saints, God never left us. God never leaves us. It's always we leave him. And he's waiting for us to return. Number one. In the year of Jubilee... Everyone who had sold his possession, his allotted portion of the good land, was returned to it without paying anything to redeem it. And everyone who had sold himself into slavery regained his freedom and returned to his family. Saints, if for whatever reason you would find yourself, even tonight in this meeting, having this sense you know, Lord, I have to confess, to some extent, I've been defrauded of my price. I'm not that joyful in the church life. And saints, I think we all have to confess we've passed through periods like this. I, I had experiences like this, where the church life was laborious, a burden. But, because I'm a good trooper, I just keep doing all the things. I, I have five services, so I do them all. And as best as I can, because it's for the Lord. But in my heart, complaining. Have you never passed through a church life like this? In my heart, maybe criticizing. You know... <laughs> It's hard to be joyful when you're criticizing. And it's hard to be critical when you're joyful. You know, when you're enjoying the Lord, there's a lot of things you don't even see. And you see them, but they don't bother you. Not like they used to. You even think, boy, I was really silly before. Amen. Saints, we all need jubilee. And we can return tonight. Amen. Tonight. And you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to do anything. You just have to say, Lord, I'm back. Lord, I'm back. I don't know where I've been. But I, I, I want to sign up for this. I want to sign up for joy. I want to sign up for rejoicing. Number two. 
Returning to one's possession and being freed and returning to one's family signify that in the New Testament jubilee, the believers have returned to God as their lost divine possession, have been released from all bondage, and have returned to the church as their divine family. B. In the Old Testament type, the jubilee lasted for one year. But in the fulfillment, it refers to the entire New Testament age, the age of grace, as the time when God accepts the returned captives of sin and when those oppressed under the bondage of sin enjoy the release of God's salvation. I want to spend a little time on this word oppressed. Saints, have, have, have you never experienced just being oppressed? Things are heavy. Things are a burden. Everything is a weight. W-E-I-G-H-T. Everything is a chore. Oh, there's a conference. <sighs> Amen. Means hospitality, more service. Once upon a time, it was there's a conference. We say, Where? <laughs> Amen. Oh, we're, it, and we would say, When are we going to have a conference? How come they always have a conference? We want to have a conference. We would ask for it. Hospitality, 12 people. We'd be, Amen. You know, and the hospitality brothers, we need two more. Ah, send them over. And we do it with joy. Do you remember those days? Today, there's a conference. Sometimes the sisters, if they don't say it out loud, and some, most times they do, they would say, another conference? Didn't we just have the perfecting training? <laughs> then we had this training. Then we had that special fellowship. Don't these brothers know we have a life? <laughs> when am I supposed to wash my clothes? <laughs> Sisters, you never said this? Oppressed. Under it all. Oh, sisters, the Lord, the Lord wants to proclaim release. <laughs> release. Are we up to B? That was B, right? C. Let's read C together. So our enjoyment of Jubilee today is really a foretaste of what's to come. But saints, 
don't miss out on the foretaste. Let's go to Roman 2. The, together, the year of ju- Jubilee. Ecstasy. An age of ecstasy for our salvation. I want to dwell here, but, but uh, let's read the, the next point, then we'll come back. Let's read uh, point A. the last time you had ecstasy what is this well the verse here the first verse is 2nd Corinthians 5 13 for whether we were beside ourselves it was to God or whether we are sober-minded it is for you saints do you have times with the Lord that you're just beside yourself with joy, with the enjoyment of Christ. Now, I don't mean that we will all be walking on air and that we, we, we are try to be different than what we are. I don't mean that. Don't try to be Dick Taylor. <laughs> I tried. I can't do it. Some of you don't know Brother Dick. Most of you do. Brother Dick is just a joyful person. He's just a joyful person. Actually, Brother Ed and I have had experiences of rooming in conferences with, right, with, with Brother Dick. I traveled to, with Brother Dick for many years. I went with him to Australia once a year. We were a week together, and we were always put together in this little room, this little room. And I like to tell you, I like to tell you, on our brother's behalf. I know he, he wouldn't want us to say this. But what you see on the podium, that's how he is in the room. Amen. Isn't that right? That's right? What you see on the podium, that's who he is. Amen. So in the room, there's singing, there's joy, there's, you gotta be ready if you're gonna room with Brother Dick. <laughs> you gotta be like, whoa. Amen, Lord. <laughs> you got to like practice enjoying the Lord so that you could be with him in the same room for a week. Yeah. You got to keep up. But that's just Brother Dick. There's only one Brother Dick. But before the Lord, have you been joyful in your way? Have you been beside yourself, out of yourself, to the point where the Lord shows you things that you, you, you just can't believe what you're seeing? How real he is, how rich he is. Maybe you weep because you, because you realize how defrauded you've been. Lord, how could, I, how could I complain? You're so good to me. 
You're so merciful. I love you so much, I can't believe it. I don't even know why I'm still here. So many are not here. I'm here. How did you do this? I don't know, but I love you. Amen. Have you appreciated his blood? Appreciated his love? Lord, I can't exist. Lord, if, if I didn't have your blood, I, I couldn't exist. You love me so much. Do you have times when the Lord just, just touches you? You're not trying to get anything out of the word. You're not preparing for the prophesying meeting. You're not preparing for any group meeting or responsibility. You're just enjoying the Lord. And he just fills your heart. And it just overflows. You almost can't contain it. Once in a while, do you have a time like this? If not, here it says you have to, you don't have the sufficient enjoyment. Yes, before men, we're just kind of ordinary, it seems. But before the Lord, once in a while, do we let go? Do we let our inner being go? This afternoon, we had some fellowship. We mentioned this point. We have to unload what's within us to the Lord. Just unload. And, and it's simple, saints. It's simple. Just talk to him. Just talk to him. Just tell him, Lord, life has changed. I, and this afternoon, I said a word to the young mothers among us. I can really sympathize because my own daughter... Now she has two little children. And then my daughter-in-law, she has a little one, two years old. I know, life changes for them. Their schedule changes. Their church life is not exactly the same as before. And, but they can't sit around wishing, waiting. You can still have some times with the Lord to be beside yourself. To God. Don't be defrauded of your prize. You still have a prize. Sisters, we need times just to be with the Lord. But I know, I know, there's, there are things in our heart. Sorry to say, maybe even bitterness. That's okay. We all have these kind of experiences. Just tell him, Lord, I don't like it. You might even say, how come it's so easy for her? The, did you ever say that? You look at another sister, it seems like, well, how did she do it? She has three kids, she bounces back. She's in the meetings. Oh, you don't know what's going on behind the scene. Maybe, maybe she has jubilee. Say, Lord, come to me. Come to me. I, I, I have this feeling. Just unload the feeling and make room for the jubilee. Let the Lord fill you. Amen. Let him visit you. Let him comfort you. Let him surprise you. I tell you, sometimes the Lord will surprise you with a word. A word will come to you that you weren't expecting that will just meet your need. This happened to me just this morning. I read some of these verses and the Lord spoke a particular word. I couldn't believe, Lord, how personal you could be to me. 
as you're carrying out your economy all over the earth, taking care of so many things. Yet, Lord, you come to me and meet me. You gave me a word. All you can do is worship. Lord, I love you. I give myself to you again. Maybe a few hours ago you were saying, Lord, I can't make it. I'm, I'm done. I'm tired. I have no energy. One word. One word. And you can give yourself. Saints, that's our portion. We all can have this. Tonight, the tr this is the New Testament age. The trumpet is still sounding. Tonight we all can return. Return to our land, our inheritance. And return to our family. Maybe this is the time we could read again Isaiah 61. Let's take a, let's go back. This was the verses we read at the beginning. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. The Spirit of the Lord Jehovah is upon me because Jehovah has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted. Saints, has your heart been wounded? Sometimes, even though we're enjoying the church life, Things happen. Sufferings happen. Losses happen. We get wounded. But he can bind up our wounds. Would you let him? Would you let him visit you and bind up your wounds to bind your broken heart? You might still be disappointed over something that happened or didn't happen 10 years ago or 20 years ago, he can bind up your broken heart if you let him. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the eyes. Listen, can you read this? The opening of the eyes to who? To those who are what? I always thought until this morning that this said blind. It doesn't say blind. To open, what does it say? Opening of the eyes to those who are bound. Shouldn't it say blind? Now in Luke, when the Lord read it, he, he, read, he said blind. But not here. Did you notice this before? You know what this shows? Why are we blind? Because we're bound by something. You may not want to admit it. Sometimes we're bound by sin. Sometimes there's a hidden sin which for years could still bind us. And we never allowed the Lord the opportunity. We're too ashamed 
to even speak to the Lord. He can open our eyes. He can free us from that. We might be bound by a dream. We might be bound by a motivation to be something or to have something. And we don't realize how that has become our bondage. I come back to the matter of the young families, which I mentioned this afternoon particularly the young sisters. How my heart goes to you. So many of you. You have such a deposit from your youth. But now your situation is different with children. And maybe even with money. But you're bound and blinded. What's the binding? Oh, it could be your love for your children. Could be. Of course you should love your children. But don't let your love for your children be your bondage. At dinner today, tonight we were just talking, thinking about, I forget how we got into the conversation. Maybe it was... We were fellowshipping about the afternoon. And I told the brothers a testimony that I heard of a sister who is among us. She grew up in Puerto Rico in a very simple church life. But she very bright. She ended up going to Harvard, um, having a very good job, she and her husband. But consecrated, very much consecrated. But she gave this testimony in tears. That she realized, she realized that her conducting herself today was not with the same consecration as her parents when she was raised. That she was consecrated, but she still reserved something taking care of the children, making sure they had their sleep at this time. Oh, you can't go to evening meetings because it's not convenient, or the children this and this and this. And then she recalled, the Lord reminded her in this meeting how there in that little town in Puerto Rico, in that wooden meeting hall that was destroyed last year by that hurricane, Maria, in that meeting hall, the parents would pray on Tuesday nights. And in the corner, you could find eight blankets on a wooden floor. Baby, 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 sleeping. And they slept through the prayer meeting. They were trained to sleep. They were very good meeting babies. Sisters, you can do it. You can train meeting babies. And she said to us, and I know her since since she's about six years old. I saw her grow up. And she said, the Lord convicted her. 
she doesn't have that same consecration that her folks had. Because the children, the children, you got to take care of the children. What's best for the children? The children could become an idol in your heart. But then the Lord shined on her. Did you suffer? She didn't suffer. Were you damaged in some way by your parents' consecration? She says, no, that family, I could testify, that family love each other so much. Because I take hospitality in that home regularly. And the Lord spoke to her. She had been bound. And she had been blinded. The Lord released her that day. Amen. To proclaim the acceptable year of Jehovah and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them a headdress instead of ashes. Amen. You know when in the, in the Old Testament, when you're repenting, and they would put on sackcloth and ashes. You know when you put, throw the ashes? Always you would put your head down. But if I'm going to give you a headdress, stand up, man. You would... I'm going to give you a headdress. You would keep your head up. You, you know what I mean? You wouldn't be like this. The headdress will fall off. You know, a headdress is like a, you know, crown, or you think of the Indians, you know, a turban, you know, something on the head. If you're, too, if you're just, oh, come on, get up, a headdress. Instead of ashes. When I read this today, I thought of this verse. Thanks. Psalm 3.3. My glory and the one who lifts up my head. He's my glory and he's the one who lifts up my head. In the King James it says, my glory and the lifter of my head. I remember I learned a song when I was a child. Some of you may know it. My glory and the lifter of my head. My glory and the lifter of my head. For thou, O Lord, art a shield to me. My glory and the lifter of my head. There's more to it, but I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> Matt, come back. Sorry, sorry. Come on up. Come on up. Okay. Be sad. Oh, heads down. Be sad. Now, I'm going to lift up his head. That's what the Lord does to us. If you let him, be sad, be sad. And then the Lord comes to lift up your head. Oh, look, see, he's happy now. Okay, thanks. Would you let the Lord lift up your head? Amen. And enter into Jubilee? Amen. But we want to stay sad and mad and reason. Let it go. Not only that, the oil of gladness instead of mourning 
the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness. Saints, sometimes we're around the brothers and sisters. We sense the heaviness. There's just heaviness. There's not release. There's not the buoyancy. Saints, buoyancy is our portion. Not heaviness. The Lord wants to wrap you with a mantle. You know a mantle? It's like a, like a, yeah, cloak. Thank you. Like a cloak of praise. You know, Brother Nee says, he has this lesson. Sometimes it's difficult to pray. When it's difficult to pray, praise. You can always praise. You can always praise. Because he is always worthy of our praise. Saints, that's jubilee. In the midst of suffering, in the midst of affliction, we don't escape these things. In the church life, we don't escape these things. In the midst of turmoils, whether it's your family, whether it's your job, whether it's the church life, whether it's the Lord's recovery, you can still have a mantle of praise and we can still enjoy jubilee. Let no one defraud you of your prize, especially yourself. Don't let yourself defraud you of your own prize. I love these verses. Are we up to B? Yes? Jubilee means, oh, let's read this together. Let's read it slowly with an amening spirit. Not, don't read this with us with us with a a heart of unbelief i'm warning you don't read this and say that could never be don't read this and say that's for someone else read it with an amen attitude okay let's go jubilee means Imagine such a life? Can you imagine that this could be your experience? You have to say amen. amen. Don't have an evil heart of unbelief because we are in the age of Jubilee. Amen. Again, saints, I don't mean you put on an act. Hi, brother. Always so. Don't do that. Just be you. But you can have inner joy. You can have inner peace. If you allow the Lord to release you from your bondage. 
and you respond to his call. C, we must receive the Lord Jesus as the real jubilee in us. If we have him, we have God as our portion and can be delivered from the bondage of sin and Satan to have real freedom and rest. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, this is the second reference. It says, In whom you also, having heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in him also believing, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of the promise, who is the pledge of our inheritance. Saints, do you realize, according to this verse, when we heard the gospel of our salvation, when we received salvation, we received the pledge of our inheritance. This means jubilee. This means we receive Christ as our portion. And we receive the Spirit as the guarantee, as the foretaste of the enjoyment to come. That is our portion. That is the fact. The problem is, what about our living? in our experience of that. Let's keep reading. Number one, sisters, please. When we receive Christ as our Savior and life, he comes into us to be our jubilee. But unless we allow him to live in us, and unless we live by him, we are not practically living in the jubilee. Here's the, a key, saints. Unless we live by him, unless we allow him to live in us. What is this? This is simply allowing Christ to make his home in our heart. And saints, throughout the day, the Lord all the time is painting us, anointing us. Moving. He's with us all the time. Sisters, he's with you. He's with you all the time. Even when you're in your prison, you know, I heard recently a sister talk like this. It's good to talk to some adults because she has a couple of babies and all she does is with these babies 24 hours a day. You know, when I, I remember when I was in high school, a couple moved upstairs from us. They actually were our serving ones. And they had a, they had a baby and the baby's room was right above my room. And we had wooden floors. And my mother, bless her heart, gave this sister a rocking chair. Yeah. 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 It was my mom's rocking chair, and she gave it, gifted it to the sister right above my bed. Very often in the middle of the night, 2 o'clock feeding, 4 o'clock feeding, I could hear, huh? right above my bed and this baby oh colicky colicky and he wouldn't go to sleep and my dear sister I could hear her oh Lord Jesus oh Lord Jesus oh Lord I would pray for her oh and then she'd sing 
she'd sing at 4 o'clock in the morning. She'd sing to the baby. And she would sing me to sleep. She was my serving saint. When I saw her, I don't remember complaint. She went through that without being defrauded. She tapped in somehow. So that's why we know, saints, it's possible. It's possible to live Christ, to abide in him, and at 2 o'clock in the morning, allow him to make his home in your heart. It's possible. Number two, brothers, please. If our heart... Saints, we have to be careful because nearly anything can become an idol in our heart. There's a very striking verse in Ezekiel 14. The second reference there. Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their hearts. Even in the Old Testament, the Lord talks about having idols in your heart. How much more today? Saints, you know, our, our phone can take up the place of the Lord. Facebook, you're spending time there. The young people say, uh, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> That's something our parents do. We do Instagram. So do I. Yeah. Anyway. But with, but with a border of blue. If you were here last night, you know what that means. Facebook, I don't like to touch. Sisters, going through Facebook, seeing posts, feeling that you have to keep up and present pictures of a happy life. That's a bondage. Not everybody is truthful. Things you see there with all the smiling faces, they're not going to put up the pictures of the real story. So don't be defrauded by that. And then you feel, I have to, I have to do something. No, I know this. I, I've had sisters confess to me the bondage. Eventually, they have to stop the whole thing. But then they can't help it. Two months later, they go back because it's a bondage. And you do it to yourself. Tear down the idol. Close the account if that's what it takes so that you can have ecstasy before the Lord. The end is wretchedness. Point three, if we allow Christ to live in us and we live by him, everything is to our satisfaction. Otherwise, everything is a problem and nothing is a jubilee. 
Everything can be satisfying to us only after we have gained the all-inclusive Christ as our enjoyment. It is not outward persons, matters, or things, but Christ within, within us who enables us to be calm and free of worries as we face all kinds of situations. Saints, we're all facing situations. It doesn't mean that we escape as believers facing the situations. We still have to face the things of human life just like everyone else. But we can face them and still be content. Still be satisfied. Sometimes the jubilee is manifested in us not with inexplicable joy, but just with inner satisfaction. Peace and calm. Peace and calm at a time that people may think, how can you be so peaceful and calm? And you just feel, I don't know, I just am. Probably because you were able to talk to the Lord and unload all the things, all the anxieties. That's our portion, dear saints. It's our portion. Roman 3. Now we come to a marvelous example in the New Testament. An example of the Jubilee. An illustration of the Jubilee. Roman 3. The proclamation of the Jubilee, Luke 4, governs the central thought of the whole Gospel of Luke. And the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15 is an excellent illustration of the Jubilee. I think most of us are familiar with this parable. A father with the two sons and the younger one claims his inheritance and goes and spends everything and eventually loses his possessions and has to sell himself. It's just the same as what happened in the Old Testament. And then he comes to himself, and what does he do? Return. It really is that easy. Return. And when you return, you don't find judgment. When you return, you find the arms of the loving Father. I hope that when our sons and daughters return, They will not find judgment. They won't be met by, wow, how long has it been? (laughs) Haven't seen you in five, six years, huh? You may not realize. You may not mean anything by it. But that has a condemning undertone. And the enemy could use that. That'll be the only time you see them. You have to be careful. I do believe, saints, that now at the end of the age, the Lord is going to bring many of our sons and daughters home. Many of the saints whom we love, whom began this journey with us, the Lord is going to bring them home. 
it's time for so many decades of prayers to be answered. And I believe all, especially all over this nation, the Lord is going to be bringing them home. I hope when they come home, they will be met with words of grace. Grace coming from our lips, not condemnation or criticism. A, the prodigal son left his father's house selling his possession and himself. The content of the vessel is its possession, and man is a vessel of God. Hence, if man does not have God as his possession and enjoyment, he is empty and poor. Adam lost his portion of the enjoyment of God when he did not take the tree of life. All the unbelieving people of the world have lost God as their possession and enjoyment and have sold their members to sin in order to become slaves. Human life is nothing but labor and sorrow and will soon be gone. The true condition of human life is vanity of vanities, emptiness of emptinesses, a chasing after wind. I had two experiences with some brothers, different generations. Both of them were really prodigal sons. They grew up with us in the church life in New York. And both of them, again at different times, they disappeared for eight years. I was in a young people's meeting, serving there, sitting toward the back. And we were praying. I look up and I notice this person opposite end of the room. And I thought, could that be? Could it be him? I dared not look just to not make him self-conscious. But eventually, as the meeting went on, I realized, oh, Lord, it's him. Eight years. I used to go to his home every week to visit when he was in high school for a period of time. When the meeting finished, he came right to me. We hugged, and we sat and talked for about 45 minutes. Eventually, we were the only ones left in the hall. And he told me his story. Labor and sorrow, vanity of vanities, emptiness of emptinesses, chasing after wind. He suffered. Oh, he suffered. And there's nothing to say. There's nothing to say. All you could do is weep with him. And just say, it's good to see you. And he said to me, he said, I had to come home because I know the real love is here. Thank the Lord. This brother is now one of the leading ones. 
in the churches in this area. <laughs> You don't need to know his history. <laughs> don't come up to David and say, was that you? <laughs> it wasn't him. It wasn't him. There was another brother. Also, eight years. And my son went through the full-time training and graduated. My son invited him. He had not been to a church meeting in eight years. I had seen him because whenever he would come back to New York, he'd come see my son, so, you know. <clears throat> I'd see him one, a few times a year. But he hadn't been to a church meeting in eight years. So he came to the graduation. And he was, he, he was, he got a surprise visit of the triune God. But then he thought, you know, this is in Southern California. It's Anaheim, in Anaheim, right? Southern California. He thought, great, I'll go to this graduation. And then he thought, my son Isaac and he, they're going to party in Southern Cal on the beaches and this and that. He didn't realize the trainees have to attend the semi-annual. <laughs> so he was on his own for the week. Then meeting number 11 of the training, which is Saturday, and in those days, it was an open meeting. We can't open the meetings anymore because too big, right? Open meeting. And in that meeting, just one meeting, he heard the trumpet of Jubilee. At the break time, which is our dinner time during the semi-annual training, that's from what, 6 to 7.30? I was actually heading to at Los Angeles Airport so that I could fly overnight to take care of the church meeting in New York. So I'm leaving the hall. And uh, I had already said my goodbyes to my, my, uh, my son, but he calls me as I'm leaving the hall. He says, Dad, the brother wants to talk to you. C can you talk to him now? He wants to go to the full-time training. Jubilee. Yeah. yeah. I told him, tell him to talk to me in New York. <laughs> anyway, he did go. He finished. Now he's married, one of the serving brothers. He's one of the district brothers with us. Jubilee. Saints, I think these stories are going to be repeated by the dozens. Would be, will we be ready to receive them? with grace dripping from our lips, avoiding any hint of judgment. The loving arms of the Father. Can we be the, fa the Father's arms to receive them? And when, and when they keep speaking the nonsense of, oh, I repent, and just kiss them. Just, just shut them up and fall on their neck and give them, kiss their neck. Mwah. That's what the father did, right? He had this speech, the prodigal son had a speech prepared. The father doesn't want to hear your speech. He wants you to be in Jubilee. Amen. Fallen are we here, number four? Yes? Fallen people have no real dwelling place. 
They're drifting about and wandering without a home. Oh, I tell you, these two brothers, that was their testimony. They came home. Because God is man's real dwelling place. B, one day the prodigal son returned to his possession and his father's house. That was a jubilee, a liberation, and everything became pleasant and satisfying. One, in redemption, God is our possession for our enjoyment. To be, sa- to be saved is to return to our inheritance, to return to God, to come back to God and enjoy him anew as our possession. Two, to be saved is to gain God. When we have God, we have everything. Without God, we have nothing. Amen. Three, God has become our blessed portion in Christ. But many Christians are unhappy and are like lights that do not shine because they do not turn on the switch by taking God as their portion. And that's why I asked at the beginning, dear saints, are you first, are you happy? Boy, I got a better response at the beginning of the meeting. (laughs) But the second question is, how happy are you? We could be halfway happy. Or we could be in Jubilee. All you have to do is turn on the switch. It is that easy to just return. Hey, Lord, I just come back to you. Lord, you say, I don't have to redeem. I don't have to buy. I don't have to do. So I'm here. I'm here. Would you receive me? Would you receive me? Would you be, just be my portion? I take you as my portion. Lord, be my, be my jubilee. Be my joy. See, the father's acceptance of the son and the son's returning to his father and his father's house were the year of jubilee to the son, the year of grace. God in Christ has become the fattened calf for the enjoyment of the repentant and returned prodigal sons. This corresponds to Leviticus 25, 11 through 12, which says that the people were neither to sow nor reap in the year of Jubilee, but only to eat and enjoy. Once we repent and return to God by receiving the Lord Jesus, we obtain God within, and this is the beginning of our Jubilee. We are not the Father's hired servants, but his enjoying sons, and we can continually enjoy God as our possession from now unto eternity. Dear saints, this is our allotted portion. We can exercise to claim our right. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have right to the tree of life. All we have to do is return. All we have to do is confess. And then we have the right to the tree of life. We are qualified for a share of our allotted portion. And we can enjoy our jubilee. How about we have some prayers, maybe with two or three around us together, or one or two around us, and then you still have about 20 minutes for your responding. Amen. Amen.